Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of Bible Prophecy for today. My name is Heather and I've got some news and views from a West Texans biblical point of view. One you're not going to find in your mainstream media. Yes, folks. Uh, Yes, you know, I got you some headlines. One of them is from my favorite one of my favorite you know him you love him no no it's not leo holman but i got you <laughs> you know who it is it's dean dwyer yes dean dwyer from over there in uh queensland australia we're going to talk a little bit about the great tribulation and what he has to say about that you can find the article at harbingersdaily.com or you can find it at prophecynewswatch.com What else is going on in the news today? Well, Dr. David Jeremiah has a great article. You can find this at HarbingersDaily.com as well. But it's a foreshadowing of what's to come. Signs that indicate Jesus' return is drawing near. And he posted this back on the 7th of November, which seems like such a long time ago when you look around the world and everything that's happened since then. Of course, coming to you guys from foxnews.com is pro-Palestinian group posts New York City map of locations, quote, tied to genocide in Gaza, globalize the Intifada. One congressman said the pro-Palestinian group was calling for violence against Jews. That article is by Adam Sabes from New uh, Fox News. It was published uh, on the 16th of November 2023 that was my mama's would have been my mama's 77th birthday had she still been here on earth but of course she's not and she is celebrating with the Lord Jesus Christ and my father and uh, I bet you a hundred thousand dollars she wouldn't come back here for nada (laughs) she's like no no you guys keep that down there we're quite happy up here (laughs) so folks let me tell you what is going on so those are the two of the articles that I wanted to bring up to you guys. One of them I did have a couple few days ago, that one from the 7th of November, but I just never got around to actually talking about it um, on the podcast. So, um, of course, you guys know the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade will be all about the trans non-binary agenda. Yeah, I haven't watched the Thanksgiving Macy's Parade since, I don't know, maybe I was 18 or something, 17. Um, yeah, not a whole lot going on, but I remember when I was a little kid, that's what we used to do. Mom, dad, and my brother and I, we'd get in front of the TV and we'd watch the, that used to be a big thing. You guys remember when we were all kids, you know, like 40 years ago, you know, that was good stuff back then. Now, <laughs> no, anywho, uh, it's kind of like the rest of the garbage around the world today. It's like a cesspool of sin. Oh, goodness. So what else do we have going on? I'll run over here to my dashboard here really quick. And I wanted to welcome Clark. Thank you, Clark, for um, following me on Podbean. Thank you. Welcome. Welcome to the fam here. Yeah, you guys. Surely appreciate you. Uh, you know, if there's anything I'm uh, not talking about, you guys want me to do some research on, shoot me an email, Heather at Bible Prophecy today.com that's the number four while we're talking about that let me just throw up office 365 microsoft not very happy they do not want to put my heather at bible prophecy for today uh, dot com on to the outlook for some reason uh since it went to the new outlook and i guess i have my license through GoDaddy, they're like no no we can't do that anymore so uh yeah so i'm not too happy about that but anyway you can always reach me at bible prophecy the number four today at outlook.com 
If so, and you can go to the website as well, BibleProphecyForToday.com, and shoot me uh, a message there through the contact button or the little chat button. So anyway, uh, lots of stuff happening in the world today. I don't have to tell you. Uh, we have open AI investors trying to get Sam Altman. They want him back as a CEO, according to the Wall Street Journal. And the most powerful rocket ever built. Uh-oh, uh-oh. It just went uh, further than it had ever gone. Then it was lost. So this is on CNN. And uh, that is SpaceX. And uh, the gargantuan deep space rocket system Starship safety uh, safely lifted off Saturday morning, but ended prematurely with an explosion and a loss of signal. Yeah, um, I'm sure you folks are just clamoring for a seat on one of those bad boys. <laughs> yeah, kind of like the one that went to the went down there to see the Titanic and imploded. Mm. But you know, hey, to each their own. Right, if that's your cup of tea. Yeah, go for it, you know. Anywho, what else we got going on? Iceland, check this out. Iceland declares state of emergency um, amid volcanic uh, eruptions warnings. So this is from Fox News. I'm going to pause that so that it does not come on here into the uh, podcast because y'all will be like, what is going on? Um, but anyway, it says uh, Fox News's Brian Linus reports on a thousand, listen to this, on a thousand earthquakes indicated an in, impending volcanic eruption near the popular tourist destination, the Blue Lagoon, folks. Oh my goodness, that's not good news. And I'm sure you guys have been paying attention, but maybe not because the news doesn't report that kind of stuff of all the volcanoes, all of the massive earthquakes that have been going on. I'm talking lots and lots, folks. Lots of loss of life. But oh, no, no, no. We got to keep everybody occupied with Ukraine um, and the Israel-Hamas war, which is important. It's important. You know what I'm saying? But so are all these volcanoes and all these earthquakes, which Jesus said are the beginning of birth pains. You know, and it'd be like kind of upon a uh, uh, upon a, a woman in labor. You know what I mean? Um, so in the end days, these things would happen, and they would happen fast. You know, they're all going to be saying peace and safety. Um, and that's what the big words now. How are we going to get peace and safety? Everybody's you know clamoring around trying to figure out how to do that. But uh, there'll be one man. You know, after we're raptured. You know, of course, after the church is raptured, then there's going to be one man's going to rise from the ashes. He can have all the answers. You know, that's going to be the Antichrist. And the Jews are going to think that's our Messiah. That's him. We've been waiting for him. And they're going to be duped because three and a half years into the tribulation, he's going to show his true colors. He's going to commit the abomination of desolation. Uh, they're on the throne. And so, and the... um the new temple and then boom they're gonna realize oh this is not our messiah and then they're gonna run for the hills basically petra but anyway that's for another podcast <laughs> you can always go back to my other podcasts and i've done a lot of in-depth um podcasts on the tribulation the book of daniel um and stuff like that ezekiel and uh so there's a lot of stuff lots and lots of stuff in the bible uh god gave us his word it's basically basic instructions before leaving earth so I suggest we read it, right? <laughs> Not only that, but it's a love letter to us. Um, God didn't want to scare us. He wanted to prepare us. And, um, you know, we're not promised, um, you know, you're going to get that brand new car if you tithe to this church. God's going to bless you 1,000 fold. You just sold that seed into my ministry. That's right. Well, I'll fly off into my multi-million dollar jet and you climb into your Ford Taurus from 1995. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not how this all works. 
like that, like that commercial. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> no, no. Uh, we're actually promised as Christians tribulations and trials. And uh, Jesus said, the world's going to hate you because it hated me. If it hated me, he said, it's going to hate you too. So if you are a born again Christian, you know what I'm saying? Uh, an actual true Christian and you speak the truth and uh, you try to love people with the truth. You know, we don't back down. The world's going to hate us. It's going to hate us even more. And we see that happening now. It is getting uh, so bad. They're turning on Christians. And it's been going on in the Middle East for a very long time because Muslims, um, they hate Christians. And, uh, you know, that's what their religion teaches. Infidels. We are infidels. And uh, I'm a proud infidel, by the way. <clears throat> and I own several infidel rifles. <laughs> if you'd like to come and take one of them. Anyway, <laughs> uh, this is Texas. You know how we are in Texas. Uh, anyway, um, my sister-in-law, um, her brother, they thought we, because they're from, you know, New York. And they, they laugh. And they, you know, they came down, my brother, and they got married years and years ago. And they came out to our farm in the middle of nowhere. And uh, they thought we all drove cars with horns on the front. We all carried guns. And I'm like, well, most of us carry guns, but we don't drive the cars with the horns on the front. Some ranchers do. <laughs> but I thought that was cute. I was like, really? Oh, my gosh. That's what y'all think about us in Texas? Okay. okay. <laughs> if you do stay at the Big Texan Steak Ranch here in Amarillo, Texas, they will pick you up in a limousine with horns on it. So if you were looking for some of that, then you can get some of that here in Texas, in Amarillo anyway. But folks, like I said, lots of stuff going on. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about a lot of stuff. So here's the significant risk of volcanic eruption uh, imminent in Iceland is what they are saying. Thousands of residents were forced to flee their homes in Grindavik. Grindavik, um, I'm guessing amid fears of a volcanic eruption in Iceland. Of course, Fox News correspondent um, Brian Linus is there. And here's some aerial footage uh, I'm going to link this page. It's um, just a whole bunch of, uh, it's an msn.com page, but it's going to have like a bunch of stuff. If you guys want to go through all these pictures and photos and videos, uh, it'd be kind of helpful. Of course, we should be praying. Um, we really need to be praying for these um, people there in Iceland. Um, here we go. The, um, there's some more hostage negotiations going on um, in the Hamas-Israel war and the tunnels. And folks, we need to be praying for um, the hostages and their families and their friends. Folks, I, can, I can't imagine. I cannot imagine. Um, you know what? I may just go to this Fox and just click that Fox because it's the Weather Channel and they've got a lot of great video on that volcanic um, possible eruption. So, but, um, man, I tell you, the news, you know, they try to paint the picture of um, Jewish people being the bad guys and, oh, it's all poor Gaza, poor, poor Gaza. Yeah, the poor Palestinians, yeah, who are actually Jordanians. Um, none of them even care for them. None of them help them. You know what the news doesn't report is that how much the Israel people, uh, the Israelis help the people there in Gaza, the hospitals and the things that they do to help them. Um, but no, 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 you're not going to hear any of that. But you will hear this other stuff. And so uh, what they don't tell you, is that um, Hamas uses hospitals and children and people as human shields because they don't care about the people. Um, and a lot of the people there, um, and they, they have they have been indoctrinated since they were babies. If you can watch videos of them being five years old, their kindergarten graduation is not like our kindergarten graduations here in the United States. Oh, no, no, no. Um, they, there's no Timmy's being Tammy's and no John's being Jane's over there. Oh, no, no. They all carry little AK-47s, and they're taught, in their little graduation, what they do is they go into a house, 
to set up a little house and they go in, they pull out the journey, the, uh, the Jewish people and they kill them and they burn their house down. That that's what they do pretty realistically too. Um, these, these children are taught from a very young age to hate Jewish people, to hate them. They're taught how to use weapons, all kinds of things. And so they're indoctrinated from a very young age. And so I don't think the world knows that the world doesn't have an idea of what is the truth of what is really um, going on over there and how much hatred there is. And so I don't think the world knows, but um, we should pray for these, pray for them because I'll tell you what, the Lord, the Holy Spirit can save anyone. So don't ever give up on anybody. I got to remind myself of that too, no matter how vicious that attack was. And uh, it was, it was terrible. It was terrible what they did. And uh, who knows what they're still doing to the hostages. So we just need to pray. Definitely need to be praying. So let's jump right over into these articles, shall we? So I'm going to scroll over here. Dun, 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 dun. So a foreshadowing of what's to come, signs that indicate Jesus's return is drawing near. This is from the 7th of November by David Jeremiah. So he says, when we read the headlines, it is not hard to see that our world is on a downward slide. Political tensions, natural disasters, and disease outbreaks are escalating more and more. Professed believers seem to be falling away from the faith. It has caused many people to wonder whether these events are a part of a biblical prophecy. And he says, I can say with certainty that we are closer to the rapture and the tribulation than ever before. And even as the world hurtles towards earth's last days, we can find hope in God's word. He says the next prophetic event described in scripture is the rapture. On that day, the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God, uh, with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. That is First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 through 17. In his Olivet Discord, Jesus stated that one, that no one, including himself and the angels, knows when the rapture will occur. That's Matthew 24, 36. But the prophetic events cast shadows, giving us a foreshadowing of what is to come. In anticipation of the end of the age, our Lord outlined several signs that would indicate his return was drawing near. These phenomena are increasingly evident in our world today. The sign of deception. As we move toward the last days, Jesus said there would be an increasing danger of deception by false, false teachers. Quote, take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ. Christ and will deceive many. Matthew 24 verses 4 and 5. More and more people will search for leaders to deliver them and they will seek mystics and religious leaders who claim to have deeper knowledge. Deception may be one of the greatest threats to the church today, but it is nothing new. Before the religious reforms of ancient Israel's King Josiah, the priest, God's representative to the people, set up idols to false gods in the temple, 2 Kings uh, chapter 23, verse 4. And the people willingly participated in this idolatry. They didn't throw God out of their worship. Instead, they treated him like he was one of the many gods. The Israelites synthesized their religion with another. He goes on to say, this type of syncretism is rampant in the world today. Our society is characterized by a culture of toleration, you know, that works for everybody about Christians. There is a great acceptance and understanding for all sorts of immoral behavior, yet the world considers it unacceptable to speak of absolute truth. In response, some churches and pastors have departed from sound doctrine. This isn't just another trend. It is a spirit of deception taking hold of our culture. 
for all of the deception going on today, we cannot spend our time chasing down every rumor. Our time is better spent focusing on the solution. And that is Jesus Christ. John 14, 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Through him, we shall know the truth, and the truth shall make us free. John 8, 32. The sign of disputes among nations. Jesus warned his disciples that the end of, this, the, end of the age would be marked by wars and rumors of wars, with nations rising against each other, Matthew 24, 6, and 7. As dissension escalates, we can view it as a sign of the times. The book of Revelation tells us that conflict, ceaseless, unending, terrible war will fill the tribulation period. It will escalate until the entire world is involved. Many countries live at peace today, but there is a growing sense of instability in international affairs. It has been reported that 50% of all research scientists are involved in arms development. There is at least one military weapon and 4,000 pounds of explosive for every man, woman, and child on earth. In 2019, global military expenditures grew to an astonishing $1.92 trillion trillion U.S. dollars. As shocking as this may seem, long ago the Bible predicted an escalation of conflict, border skirmishes, race wars, and national battles during the end times. The sign of devastation. So along with the deception and disputes of the last days, Jesus warns of famine, pestilences, <coughs> excuse me, and earthquakes in various places. <clears throat> Excuse me. In Matthew 24, 7, we live in a day when we can scarcely turn on the TV without seeing someone trying to raise money to feed the hungry. <clears throat> Even though God has blessed us with a fruitful, abundant planet, millions of people in the world face food insecurity and scarcity. <clears throat> I'm going to get a drink of water. You guys, I'm so sorry. <clears throat> or coffee, I should say. <laughs> So COVID-19 has raised global awareness of our vulnerability to novel diseases, but it isn't the only outbreak in our world today. According to the WHO, there have been recent outbreaks of yellow fever, the plague, Nipah virus, meningitis, and many others. To make matters worse, superbugs are developing resistance to antibiotics. We are also witnessing an increase in the frequency and intensity of earthquakes. Between 1900 and 1969, there were roughly six major earthquakes every 10 years. Recent data indicates that major earthquakes now occur more than once a month and great earthquakes shake the globe every year all of these devastating trends are signs that point to the imminent return of jesus christ so we're just talking about that <laughs> so the signs of deliverance into tribulation so in the last days there will be an explosion of antagonism towards god's people then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake matthew 24 9 we are already seeing evidence of this today headlines carry stories about christians business owners who are expected to set aside their beliefs in support of secular progressive ideas or you got universities and school boards uh admit to routinely passing over christian faculty members for promotions <clears throat> everywhere we look christianity is under attack in america globally the situation is even more sobering during the 2023 world watch list reporting period Open Doors recorded the following crimes against God's people. More than 360 million Christians lived under high levels of persecution and discrimination. 5,621 Christians were martyred. 2,110 churches and other Christian-affiliated buildings were attacked. 4,542 believers were detained without trial, arrested, sentenced, or imprisoned. As the tribulation approaches, many more will pay high price for living out their faith in our world. 
The Olivet Discourse is one of the most comprehensive outlines of prophecy in Scripture. Jesus shares this information so that we could see and understand the times. In Matthew 24, 6, he told his disciples, quote, See to it that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, unquote. Biblical prophecy reminds us that the deception, conflict, devastation, and tribulation of the last days is no match for Almighty God. When we experience terrible events like the COVID-19 pandemic and persecution, scripture reminds us that God declares the end from the beginning and that his counsel shall stand Isaiah 46 10 by understanding the signs of the of the end end times in context we can join the apostle Paul in saying for our light affliction which is but for a moment is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory and that is 2nd Corinthians 4 17 folks that article is by David Jeremiah and He's um, founder and host of Turning Point for God and also the senior pastor of Shadow Mountain Community Church. And also I have his study Bible, which is fantastic, by the way. I recommend it. If you guys are looking for a great study Bible um, with a pre-tribulationist view um, at the end of the end times, which is what I am, a pre-tribulationist rapture person, um, folks, go grab his Bible. If you haven't got a very good study Bible, please get his. Uh, Johnny Mac, Dr. John MacArthur has a fantastic study Bible as well. Yes, he's a Calvinist, but, but he is also a pre-tribulationist. So most Calvinists aren't, but he is. So um, he does believe in the rapture of the church and will be raptured um, before the tribulation begins. And so folks, there's a lot of great Bibles out there. A lot of great commentary, a lot of great study Bibles. If you guys aren't with Logos, um, you can go on Logos. And they have a lot of free things, too, on Logos. You don't have to buy the big package um, to use Logos. So, um, Lagos, I think it's called Lagos. So, anywho, folks, tell you what, there's so much. I mean, <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. So, let's check out uh, Dean Dwyer's um, The Great Tribulation. So, is worldwide Jew hatred setting the stage for the tribulation period? Gonna increase this font a tad, you know. If I could read my computer in Braille, I would. So we're talking. Uh, so it's posted on uh, the tenth of November, Mr. Dean Dwyer, right over there in Australia, Queensland, Australia. So anyway, he goes. Uh, in our current social and political paradigm, people tend to see things two dimensionally, usually to the left or to the right. Of course, as current. Uh, trends bear witness to this is causing a great deal of social and political friction which often spills over into violence sometimes this is agitated by nefarious forces who have a deeper agenda and sometimes it occurs organically aided by a spiritual enemy who hates mankind who hates the jews and who hates god the latest trigger point for demonically inspired violence against jews is the war that israel is conducting against hamas and hezbollah Aside from the spiritual paradigm which, uh, with which Christians view and stand with Israel, most rational people, even unbelievers, would have a sense that sympathizing with Hamas right now is akin to endorsing the kidnap, torture, rape, beheading, and murder of Jews. People who thought that the authors of the Holocaust were long behind them have suddenly been shaken by a terrifying sense of foreboding as people the world over call for the annihilation of Jews once again. He goes on to say, um, in the early stages of Hitler's plan to exterminate the Jews, perhaps ordinary people in far-off nations would have pleaded ignorance to the Jewish plot on the basis that the news didn't reach them. However, this time around, the evidence of Jew hatred is there for all to see since anti-Semites cannot resist posting their abhorrent material online. 
He goes on to say, it must be said that it is vitally important for uh, Christians right now to hold a biblical worldview. In short, this means that the believer clings tightly to the very scriptures that offer practical and spiritual wisdom that enables us to consider everything we encounter in the world from a godly perspective. For all people, believers or unbelievers, when faced with a problem or challenge, our worldview becomes the source and foundation on which we make our actions or response. This means that whatever content we filter into our worldview will determine how we act, speak, and think. Therefore, it is probably of little surprise that most vulgar displays of anti-Semitism have been found on college and university campuses because many colleges and universities of this era are indoctrinating their students with politically progressive and unbiblical ideals. Or ideas. The fundamental reason behind this is that students are taught what to think rather than how to think. As an American newscaster once said, quote, they profess or they they professors dominate and intimidate the students. If you go up against them, your grade often suffers. This is tyranny in higher education that is gravely harming this nation, unquote. Another reason that uh, colleges and universities seem to be hotbeds for hatred is that they uh, is that many are taught that the only paradigm with which to view the world is the oppressor and oppressed class. Ostensibly, the education system, including lower grade schools, has sought to address cultural and racial prejudice, but has in fact inflamed the culture and race wars. For example, James Logan High School in California offers a course in ethnic studies and social study or social justice that aims to teach students to challenge and criticize power, oppression, capitalism, white supremacy, imperialism, and colonialism. From their website, we read, quote, ethnic studies encompasses the five C's, cultural competence, critical thinking, collaboration, community, and, cre- and creativity. It is curriculum relevant and accurate to the cultures in our classroom, and it is a path to understanding and appreciating everyone's identity, the factors that created, and the evolution of identity. Ethnic studies will help students understand how our social construct is affected by race and the root causes of oppression power and privilege unquote furthermore the new haven unified school district's ethnic uh, studies in social justice academy which is part of james logan high school adopt the motto learn lead liberate which features a socialist raised fist grasping a pencil he goes on to say dean says don't be fooled by the benign sounding name ethnic studies It is simply critical race theory in disguise. It is a cleverly crafted deception that on the face of it offers a unifying cultural learning experience while essentially promoting hostility among races. In fact, recent reports indicate that Minnesotan lawmakers are introducing changes to the education system, which are among some of the most radical in the country. The changes aren't about education. They are about incitement to take action to disrupt and dismantle America's fundamental social and political institutions. Minnesota's new K-12 social studies standards exemplified this uh, this ideology as it requires students to organize with others to resist systemic and coordinated exercises of power against marginalized and oppressed groups. Education institutions are no longer focused on raising socially adjusted educated people. (laughs) No. New education standards and related benchmarks are focused on instilling a seed within people that leads to hostility against any who belong to the oppressor class. To give examples, kindergartners must, quote, retell a story about an unfair experience that conveys a power imbalance, unquote. First graders must identify examples of 
this is kindergarten or first grade folks, first graders must identify examples of ethnicity, e- equality, liberation in systems of power and use those examples to construct meanings for those terms. How times have changed, Dean says. In first grade, I was focused on coloring in and producing poorly made craft items, which my family would pretend to love. <laughs> I remember those days, Dean. <laughs> I do, I do. Boy, did our parents love them too, didn't you? I remember Dick and Jane and Spot. I don't know about you guys, but I'm that old. That was our reading book. <laughs> Oh, goodness. He goes on to say, um, our adult, our young adults are supposed to be viewed as leaders of the future. Sadly, their education experience has led them to believe in vulgar binaries in which they must place themselves in the rest of humanity. Uh, when I was young, we often played war games. The premise was simple. There were good guys and there were bad guys. And just like those uh, just like those pretend war games in our youth, it would appear that many view the world through a similar and unalterable paradigm. Good guys oppress and bad guys oppressors. When I was a kid, we played cowboys and Indians. I'm sorry. Anyway, moving right along. He says, uh, uh, that is why despite the horrors, the Hamas terrorist attack on Israel, many refused to see Israel as oppressed. Long ago, it was determined by social justice crusaders that Israel will perpetually fall into the category of oppressor. And because of the oppressor, oppressed narrative, uh, uh, people assign themselves a moral license to identify and hate the oppressor, which is Israel, they say, um, without disrupting their conscience. So anti-Semitism is an early indicator of a troubled culture. And if the terrorist attack by Hamas teaches us anything, it is that Western nations are in deeper trouble than they thought. Yes, we are. Yes, we most definitely are. Anyway, uh, many may claim that the virtue of free speech must be upheld, but free speech, which abuses this privilege to spew Jew hatred, must be denounced and condemned. Free speech of the kind we are hearing throughout our nations is not the hallmark of a free and vibrant culture. It is the hallmark of a culture which is in great spiritual peril. He goes on to say, in 2022, Deborah Lipstadt, a noted historian in the U.S. Special Envoy to monitor and combat anti-Semitism, said this, quote, anti-Semitism is like the canary in the coal mine of democracy. It is a threat, a warning. If you're an anti-Semite, Then you think, well, the justice system is unfair because it's controlled by Jews. The government is unfair because it's controlled by Jews. The media is unfair because it's controlled by Jews. You lose faith in the democratic institutions. As a historian, she says, I can think of no democracy that tolerated anti-Semitism and remained a vibrant democracy, unquote. And Dean says, Deborah is correct. I agree. Uh, But the peril is even greater than that. Embracing Jew hatred is not only an indicator of cultural decline, but also of God's impending judgment. The evidence of this is found not only in the Bible, but also in the history books. Egypt, Philistia, Assyria, Babylon, Persia, Greece, Rome, the Byzantines, the Crusaders, the Spanish Empire, Nazi Germany, and the Soviet Union. They all touched the apple of God's eye and felt God's hand of judgment. As Christians, we must not only pray for Israel, but pray for our own nations. And he says, God is taking note of individuals and nations who are cursing his people. Folks, that article is by Dean Dwyer. You can find it originally published in the harbingersdaily.com or you can find it at Prophecy Newswatch or prophecynewswatch.com. And he's absolutely correct. And if I remember correctly, um, the United States has suffered judgment as well when um, our president thought it was a good day or a good thing to try to uh, split Jerusalem 
and uh, give uh, Israel's land away for peace and all this other stuff. So, yes, uh, Hurricane Katrina. Hello. You know, we remember. And so what should we do as Christians in this day and age? We need to pray. We need to be on our knees in prayer. We need to be asking, uh, interceding for uh, our, our Christian friends and family, you know, um, you know, on the other side of the world, in the Middle East where I'm from here um, in Texas. And because, uh, you know, here in the United States, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. But there's folks in China, Pakistan, you know, if you go to Voice of the Martyrs um, and you get the app on your phone, guys, um, you get a country that you can pray for every day. Every day, um, they'll put a they'll put a, a, a new country for you to pray for. Today's new daily prayer is Laos. And uh, you can set it for any time um, of the day that you guys want. Um but Laos is who we're praying for today. Yesterday was Mauritania. Uh, the day before that was North Korea. Before that was Egypt, Saudi Arabia, Kenya. And of course, Nepal was last Sunday. And um, I know you guys, uh, if you listen to me long or anything like that, I can tell you on Facebook, there's a gentleman named is Ram, R-A-M-B-K. Um, anyway, he is in Nepal and he preaches the gospel and he gets Bibles and they dig wells and they do all kinds of wonderful things uh, for their uh, for the people in the plant. He goes up in the mountains. Um, he's right there where the earthquake just hit. He's there. Um, great, wonderful, beautiful pictures. Um, baptizing folks. It just touches. Oh, man, I tell you what, this makes me cry. It's the sweetest thing. It is. He is out there for God's glory. And whatever you can give to him, please, please donate and give to him. Um, I remember he had, he was asking for, I think it was like a Land Rover. I think is what it was. And, uh, and you know, by the grace of God, Lord provided and people blessed him with it. And they take that Land Rover all over the place up in those mountains. I tell you what. And before that, you know, tell what he was taking, guys. They were taking like mopeds and scooters up there and still taking all these Bibles and food and building wells. And just, I'm just telling him, God is using him amazingly. And uh, I just pray that the Lord would continue to bless him and protect him and the folks that help him too. Um, I tell you what. There are a lot of people doing a lot of things for the Lord right now. And, um, you know, the good thing is the Lord sees you and he sees what you're doing. Remember, he says, don't let your right hand know what your left hand's doing when you give to people. You remember that? I don't know. In the Bible, it says that. And uh, when you see those people out there taking selfies, helping homeless people, just know you got your glory here on earth. You won't get glory later on, but you get it right here, you know. But my father tells me not to let your right hand, or is it not to let your right hand know, what not to let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. So in other words, when you give, give and, you know, give to those people, but don't make a big show of it. Nobody has to know what you're doing. Nobody needs to know that. You know, you do it from your heart. You know, you do it because you're, you've ever been there, at, you know, at a stoplight and you see one of them little homeless guys and they had the little sign out there, please help me, please give me food, whatever. If I feel like an overwhelming sense from the Holy Spirit, like total, complete compassion, I will give. But if I don't, then I won't. And so to me, um, when the Holy Spirit prompts you to give to somebody, you better give. You know what I'm saying? Or if the Holy Spirit prompts you to say something to somebody, and you may think it's the craziest thing you've ever thought of, but say it. <laughs> Just say it. Um, I can tell you numerous stories of things like that. Like just numerous things like, um, which, you know, uh, what was it? Um, gosh, years and years ago. I'll give you this example. Years and years ago, um, I was uh, one of the guys had come in and gotten a loan from me, and um, you know we were chit chatting one day, and I just felt this overwhelming need to give him this book, and I had got it at Mardell Christian Bookstore. No, no, it was Family Christian Bookstore. They're closed now, but anyway, I had this overwhelming book to give it to him, 
And to, to this day, I can't remember the title of the book, but I gave it to him and he almost started crying. And uh, I guess his father had passed away and whatever the, I, whatever it was, it, I mean, like he, he has, he, I mean, it was like, I don't, I, I can't explain it. It was the sweetest thing I'd ever seen in my life. So, you know, when the Holy Spirit tells you to do something, do it. Just do it. I could give you numerous examples of that, but I won't. Um, but I am just telling you, if you have a feeling like somebody, like maybe I should give them this or like, you know, whatever, just do it. Just do it because you never know what's going what's gonna to come up about it. But anyway, me and that young man, uh, we got to talk about the Lord that day and he had strayed away from the Lord. And, um, you know, it's amazing. It's amazing how the Holy Spirit and God works because he's never going to let you go. He will woo you and he will call you. And if you have backslidden, He's like the 99. He's going to go out and find you out of 100. He's going to go find you and bring you back into the fold. You know, so don't don't ever think like, you know, I remember my mamaw. I think a lot of us are still here because of the prayers from our grandmothers and grandfathers. You know, I think we are. And our mamas and daddies. I think a lot of us are still here from those prayers because um, the Lord hears the prayers. He does. He hears your prayers as well. Don't think he doesn't. Don't think he doesn't, but uh, like I always tell you guys, if you're living in sin, willful sin, unrepentant sin, um, and you're a born again believing, you know, born again Christian, um, it doesn't mean you're going to hell because once saved, always saved. I believe that the Bible teaches that. Somebody tells you any different, <laughs> they're wrong because the Bible clearly teaches that. Um, otherwise, it'd be like, oh, it, then if that wasn't the case, that would put the salvation into your hands, your job. To keep and that's that's wrong that would be like jesus didn't he went to the cross for nothing you know he suffered the wrath of god for nothing so no <laughs> we can't do anything to save ourselves nothing nothing we can do to save ourselves nothing we can do to keep ourselves saved because once you're saved the holy spirit seals you boom you are saved sealed into the day of redemption amazing um but yeah don't let anybody teach you don't let anybody tell you that because you're always, once you're saved, you're always saved. I have no idea where I was going to go with that story. But anyway, maybe somebody needed to hear that. But um, yeah, so, you know, it's just amazing. It's amazing. But I can't tell you this much. If you're living in unrepentant sin, then you can break fellowship with the Lord. You can break fellowship with God. But I tell you what, once you repent of that sin, boom, right on, like nothing ever happened. He totally forgives you. And you're back in right good standing with him. Now, you're not going to lose your salvation because you're in unrepentant sin. But you'll lose your fellowship with that sweet fellowship with him. If you haven't spent time with the Lord, I suggest you go find you a small, you know, hidden place or wherever you want to go. A little prayer closet, your favorite recliner. I don't, wherever you go to spend quiet time with the Lord. Be in some quiet time with the Lord. Observe the Sabbath. Whatever day you choose to be your Sabbath. It could be on a Wednesday. Whatever day you have off from work, your work job, take it as a Sabbath day. Because let me tell you something. If you don't, the Lord has a way of slowing you down. Especially when it's been on your heart. Like I need to, need to observe the Sabbath. You know, like I need to you know, just, just, ask, uh, just ask Israel um, how that went in Babylon. Because they got hauled off to Babylon. You know, so it's very important. People are going to say, well, that's an Old Testament thing. No, I don't think so. No, because even Jesus observed the Sabbath. So I don't think so. Uh, What was it? It says man was not made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was made for man. Mm. And uh, God created the world and everything in it in six days. And on the seventh day, he rested. And so I'm thinking, hmm, 
God did that for an example to show us. And I think we should follow that example. But anyway, um, you can ask my foot what happens when you don't. No, I was kidding. I ended up with an ER on that one. I should know better. I did. It was on my heart. And so, so if you don't take the time, he's going to find a way to make you take the time. And if you notice, if you have it on your heart to tithe, like whatever amount, I'm not saying it's be a tenth, like whatever. People are like, and I'm not saying that because you're giving to the Lord so you can get a hundredfold back. That's not what I'm saying. We give because we love the Lord. It's all God's money to begin with. He just gives it to you to use it. So be a good, we need to be good stewards of the, of the, of the money that he's given us. And the talents, not just the money, but the talents he's given us. Um, everything he's given us, we should be good stewards of, you know, talking to myself here. Um, anyway, and so, but whatever he's laid upon your heart, say your check was $500 this week. And normally you would give $50 on your tithe. But say the Lord laid $40 on your heart. And you had the feeling, I should give $40. Give whatever the Lord has laid on your heart. And maybe the 50 is late. You know, he may say, give $85, you know, out of your foot. Give 85 Whatever he's laid on your heart, give to the Lord. I tell you what, you're never going to be disappointed. You're never, ever going to be disappointed. I will tell you one thing. If he's laid an amount on your heart and you don't tithe that amount, let me say something. Uh, something's going to happen to your car and you're going to have to use that money to either fix your car. You have to take uh, one of your pets or your kids or yourself to the doctor somehow, some way, you know, that money that he caused it to land, say $55 and you didn't do it. And you're like, ah, you know, I'm going to use that for something else. Well, believe me, guess what? You're going to have to spend the $55 on something else. So to me, I'd rather give that to my church. You know, I would want my church to have that $55 other than, you know, an automotive place to fix my car or a doctor's office to do whatever you know what I mean but um but uh you know you know the Lord loves us and um he will always take care of us no matter what I have tied and I have never ever 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 no matter what like if I had whatever how much money I get and always give my tithe trust me everything always works out everything always works out my bills have always been paid everything has always been done I, I I've never never not missed a bill you know what I mean? So he will always take care of you. So that's a that's a promise. That is a promise uh, from the Lord. So anyway, with that, guys, I've been chit-chatting here for about 42 minutes. I tell you what, it gets so dark so early. How does that happen? We go from one day, it's beautiful, sunny, everything's beautiful. <laughs> and overnight, somehow, I don't know what happens, but things drastically happen when we fall backwards. I don't know, but at 5 o'clock, it's like dark 30. I'm like, is it midnight? Like what? And I have such a hard time adjusting to this. Like right now, it's 725, pitch black, dark outside. I'm like, I don't understand. At 6 o'clock, it's already dark. I'm like, what happened? What happened? What's happening? You know, but uh, it's got to get up earlier, I guess. I don't know. But the days get shorter, shorter, shorter. Then, of course, when they start getting longer again after, I think that was the winter solstice or whatever. But um, anywho... Oh, goodness, you guys, be in the house of the Lord tomorrow. And some of you guys that are listening, um, it is tomorrow, your time. <laughs> uh, but today it is 7.26, my time um, here, Central Standard Time in Texas. Uh, but anyway, um, I'm going to get off here. And um, guys, get get in the Word of God. Let the Word of God get into you. And Maranatha, Lord Jesus, Maranatha. What are you going to be doing when the Lord Jesus comes back? Because we didn't know when he's coming. You don't know. But we do know he is coming. That's a promise. And we believe it. We believe that promise. And so if you haven't read the book of Revelation here lately, I say read the book of Revelation. Get yourself a good study Bible. Anyway, with that, guys, I'm going to get off here. 
Again, in Texas, we have to say bye at least twice, maybe sometimes three times. But anyway, with that, um, guys, thank y'all so much for listening. Uh, may God bless each and every one of you. And um, I just thank you guys so much for all of your your prayers and your support. And uh, I, I, I just appreciate you guys. So you have no idea how much I appreciate all of y'all. And I'm praying for every one of y'all. Anyway, with that, all right, guys, get into the Word of God. Let the Word of God get into you. And Maranatha, Lord Jesus, Maranatha.